Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Western Heights Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. We exist to exalt Christ, equip the church, and engage the community. For more info, visit whbcwaco.org. One of the characters that has always intrigued me at the, the Christmas is the Christmas story was that of the innkeeper. Now, I know the innkeeper is not specifically mentioned in the passage, but it does say there was no room for them in the inn. So if there was no room in the inn, there must have been an innkeeper. Now, we don't know much about him. A matter of fact, the innkeeper kind of comes into, the, into this one scene in the entire biblical story, and then he vanishes with no trace of him ever to be found. Uh, we can only imagine what was going on. But for whatever reason there is, he did not allow uh, Jesus to stay in the end. He did not allow Mary and Joseph to come. He's never mentioned again in the pages of Scripture. However, I can't help but wonder if maybe later on in his life, when he heard about a prophet from Nazareth who was born in Bethlehem in a small manger, and he was presumed maybe he could be the Messiah. I wonder if in the back of his mind, it went back to a night on the Judean hillside in the town of Bethlehem, and he remembered a child. And he remembered a child born in a manger, and how he missed the opportunity to welcome in the Christ child of Christmas. I've often thought about that, and wondered what was he thinking. Now today's sermon is a little different than I typically do. Typically, when I preach a sermon, y'all know me, I've been doing this for five and a half years. I like to take a passage of Scripture, I like to dive into it, pull out some truths, apply it to our lives so that we can be better prepared to serve Him in the life in which God has called us to live. Today is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to take what I call a speculation. I don't do that very often, but today I'm going to speculate. I'm going to take a story, and I'm going to kind of speculate as to why did the innkeeper miss the Christ of Christmas. Uh, why did he do that? Why is it that he did not welcome the Christ of Christmas? We can never really know for sure. But I want to throw out some hypotheses. I want to throw out some ideas that I think could be the reason he missed the Christ of Christmas. And I think it's a reason that many of us might miss the Christ of Christmas. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7, just to kind of get us a running start into this idea of uh, why people miss the Christ of Christmas. This is what God's Word says. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. First idea. Some people miss the Christ of Christmas because they are not expecting him. Some people miss the Christ of Christmas because they are not expecting Him. It could be that he, the innkeeper missed the Christ of Christmas because he just wasn't looking for Him. Uh, he, was concerned, he was not concerned about any type of spiritual experience in his life. <coughs> he was a business-minded man. 
This is a great opportunity for him as a businessman. People were flooding into the city. The little town of Bethlehem was, was, was a, a rural town, but suddenly it was bustling with energy and people needing places to stay. You know, in the midst of that, in the midst of the hustle and bustle, he was thinking about that. He said, you know, I, I don't, he's not going to recognize him. Surely he wouldn't come in the midst of all of this. Surely he wouldn't come in the midst of, of this busyness. So in the midst of his busyness, he missed the Christ of Christmas. <coughs> he was not expecting the Christ child to be born in the midst of such a busy period in his life. He wasn't expecting him. And the fact of the matter is, Christ does come at unexpected times, sometimes when you least expect him. I remember reading the story of a young man by the name of William Cowper. William Cowper was 32 years old. He lived in London, England. And one day he decided his life was over. He said, I'm through. I can't do it. So he decided he's going to kill himself. So he took a carriage ride down to the River Thames, and he stood on the edge of the bridge and was about to throw himself into the river when he said, there's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be more. So he got back in the carriage and went back home, but he was still intent on killing himself. So he took out a kitchen knife, placed it to his stomach, and fell on it. Need to say the handle broke, and he did not kill himself. But he was still determined, I'm going to kill myself. So he took a rope, he tied it to the rafters, hung it around his neck, and hung himself. But that didn't kill him. What happened caused him to pass out. The next morning, the maid came in and found him, took him to the local hospital, and they began to revive him. And from his hospital bed, silently he cried out to God, God, help me. God, help me. And in an unexpected moment of his life, when he tried to kill himself three times in one day, God came to him. And later on, he wrote, he wrote down a song. He wrote these words, There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath that blood, lose all their guilty stains. He found Christ. Unexpected in that moment, but he found him. And Christ still comes unexpectedly in people's lives today. Have you been expecting the Christ of Christmas this holiday season? Have you been looking for him? Or are you just going about buying the presents, decorating the trees, getting all your trips planned, planning your meal, and you forgot about Christ? Have you been looking for him? You know, he can come unexpectedly in your life. He can come in the early years of your life. Dr. T.B. Matson was a professor at Southwestern Seminary for like 70 years or something like that. Uh, he's no longer alive, but uh, I was there when he was in seminary and got the tail end of his ministry. He said that Christ came to him at the tender age of four. He said he knew that Christ called him at the young age of four. So he can come at the young age, but he can also come elderly. I know a man that came to Christ at 79 years old, and I baptized him when he was 79. He can come in the early years of life. He can come in the latter years of life, but he will come. He'll come in the worst times of your life. He'll come in the most tragic times of your life. He will also come during the best times of your life. My niece, uh, my niece came to Christ at her father's funeral. Most tragic time of her life. But Christ came to her unexpectedly. Whatever stage of life you're in, whatever situation you're in, don't miss the Christ of Christmas because you didn't expect to see him. Second truth, some people miss the Christ of Christmas because they do not recognize the Christ 
I thought that might have been Jesus calling us. I wasn't expecting him. I wasn't expecting the call, but maybe he came. Was that who it was? Yeah, well, <laughs> thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right. That was a good segue, wasn't it? Jesus? <laughs> Some people miss the Christ at Christmas because they do not recognize the Christ. It could be that the innkeeper missed the Christ of Christmas because it did not fit his concept of what a Messiah was to look like. A baby in a manger? Who would ever think of that as being a Messiah? Who would ever think of that as being the Christ? Remember, at the time of, of, of Jesus being born, there had been no prophet for 400 years in the land of Israel. There had been no communication from God during that time. God had been silent. The scribes, the religious leaders, were looking for the Messiah. They were expecting the Messiah to come, but they thought he would come and be like King David without the flaws of David. They thought he would be like the great lawgiver Moses without the flaws of Moses. But ultimately, they thought he'd be a great warrior who would come and deliver the people of Israel from the Roman oppression that held them in bondage. But yet, he didn't come in that way. He didn't come on riding on a white stallion to liberate the people of Israel. Instead, he came as a tiny child in a cradle. He came as a tiny baby in Bethlehem. And it may have been that the reason that, that the innkeeper missed the Christ of Christmas, because he didn't recognize him. That's not what he thought he would look like. That's not what he thought he would be. You know, John chapter 1, verse 11, the Apostle John writes this, He came to His own. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. Perhaps they did not receive Him because they did not recognize Him. I remember hearing a story from an old friend of mine, uh, probably not friends now, but we were friends, friends, now, friends of many years ago. And he said he went out to town, him and his wife went out to town, went out of town to eat, uh, eat lunch in Dallas, or eat supper in Dallas with, a, with another couple. And while they were in the restaurant eating, eating, the waitress, by, waitress waited on the table behind him and said, thank you for the generous tip and thank you for the autograph. So he said, autograph? So he said, so he, said he wanted to immediately know who was it that gave the autograph. So he kind of, you know, you know, turned around and gazed at him and said, and he, he saw a person, but he didn't recognize. He said, I knew I should have recognized him, but I didn't know who it was. So he asked his friend, hey, would you look and tell me who that is at the table back behind you? Now, none of you over here are going to get this, okay? Probably most of you here aren't going to get this. He turned around and said, it was Mickey Mantle. Y'all know who Mickey Mantle is? Anybody know who Mickey Mantle is? Okay, thank you. Okay, y'all, Mickey Mantle was a famous baseball player, okay? He's a baseball player, all right? Played for the New York Yankees. He said... I should have known who Mickey Mantle was. I grew up watching him on TV. I, I, I saw him. But, you know, so he, he said, I should have known. He said, but he, I didn't recognize him at the time. So he said, it, said at that moment, by the time he recognized who it was, I knew who it was, Mickey and his wife had made out the door. So he said, I grabbed a piece of paper and I chased him out like a little boy to get his signature. He said, the point is, I didn't recognize him. He didn't look like what I thought he would look like. And I think the point is that when the Christ child of Christmas came, when Jesus came as a tiny babe of Bethlehem, he didn't meet their expectations. This is not what they thought he would look like. They didn't recognize him 
when he came. Let me ask you a question. Are you missing the Christ of Christmas because he doesn't meet your expectations? You don't recognize him for what he is? Multitudes still do. There's multitudes of people that will fill our churches these next few weeks, and they will, they will be coming and they won't recognize the Christ of Christmas. They won't recognize him. You know, some people say, we ran into this a lot in, in Central America uh, amongst uh, our, our, our friends down there, is that many of them said, Christ is great for children, but not for adults. Husbands say, Jesus is great for wives, but not for men. And other people say, Jesus, isn't he just a crutch for the crippled? He doesn't measure up their expectations, so they don't receive him in that way. But let me tell you something. Jesus is a Savior for all sexes, for all seasons, and for all situations. He is the Savior of all mankind. So do not allow your misconceptions or your expectations to rob you of recognizing the Christ of Christmas. Third truth. Some people miss the Christ of Christmas because they are not willing to pay the price. Perhaps as... This young couple came to the end. He was not willing to acknowledge who he was. And for that reason, the child was born in a cradle, in a stall, in a manger. He might have paid the price if he'd known about it. But this was a busy time of year, as we said earlier. Lots of money to be made. And he looked at this young couple. Obviously, she was large with child. Maybe it was due at that moment. And he said, this is going to require a lot of money. This is going to require a lot of time. This is going to take up bed space that I don't have. I have bigger paying customers. After all, it's kind of like having Baylor football in town. Or when the Oklahoma comes in town, they buy up all the rooms. And they jump the prices up on the hotel. Instead of getting it for 70, you've got to get it for 140. This is what we're talking about. I said, there's a better paying customer down the road. This will require more money than I'm willing to waste. So he wasn't willing to pay the price. He wasn't willing to do what needed to be done. He would have liked to have known Christ. He would have liked to have known God himself. He would have made room for him in the end. But he simply was not willing to pay the price to have him come into his life. So he missed the Christ of Christmas. He missed the greatest event in the history of time. He turned him away. He was unwilling. Are you willing to pay the price to let the Christ of Christmas come in to your life? I remember reading a story about two little boys that were shopping at the little grocery store and they were in line and one little boy was buying some candy. 30 cents is what the candy cost. I know this was a long time ago, okay? 30 cents. And he had six nickels in his hand. And so the man told him, that'd be 30 cents. So he held out his hand and the man began counting the nickels. He said, five 10, 15, 20. And the little boy said, when he realized he wasn't going to have any money left, he closed his hand. And he said, I don't have enough. And the man said, you have enough. You're just not willing to pay the price. You're just not willing to pay the price. The Bible is, is, is full of individuals that weren't willing to pay the price. The story is told of a, of a man who came to Jesus. The Bible says that he was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. And he came to Jesus, said, Jesus, teacher, good teacher, 
What is it that I need to do to inherit eternal life? Isn't that, isn't that so much like, what do I have to do? There's got to be a list I have to keep. What is it, Lord, that I have to do to inherit eternal life? He said, I've kept all the commandments. I've done all these things. You know, I did this. And Jesus said, well, it was one thing you lack. One thing you lack. He said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then come follow me. Only time in the Bible Jesus ever made that challenge. Why? Because he knew who's, who who's the God was of this man. His God was money. And the Bible says that the man heard that and he walked away because he was not willing to pay the price to follow Jesus. A little later on in the book of Acts, we have Paul standing before King Agrippa. And he's giving his defense. And he, he, he tells King Agrippa about his experience of Jesus on the Damascus Road. He said, man, I was persecuting Christians. I was killing Christians left and right. But then I had an encounter with the living God on the Damascus Road. And King Agrippa cried out. He, he said, Paul, Paul, almost, almost you persuaded me to become a Christian. Oh, you've almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Can there be any sadder words in the Bible than almost persuaded? Almost persuaded. And he turned away because he wasn't willing to pay the price to follow Christ. Some of you are the same way as the innkeeper, as the rich young ruler, as King Agrippa. You're not willing to pay the price to follow Jesus. You're not willing to pay the price to follow Jesus. Jesus didn't tell you to come and believe in Him and do nothing. He said, believe in me and follow me. Follow me. That's what He said. We're not real happy on that follow issue. As we watched in the video, He may lead us to go to Colombia and reach those Venezuelans coming across that bridge. He might lead us to Mongolia, as we looked at that video last week, to Mongolia and reach those people that travel, travel around in those tents. Or it could really get hard. You might have to follow him to reach your neighbor that lives next door. Some of us aren't willing to pay the price for what it takes. We're unwilling to do what needs to be done. But I want you to know something. You can discover something today. You can discover that the gain far outweighs the loss. If you decide to follow the Christ of Christmas, if you, follow, if you decide to follow Jesus, it's like trading in fool's gold for real gold. It's like trading in cheap tin for precious jewels. It's the greatest gift that you will ever experience. But so many of us are not willing to make the trade. Bret Hart was a Western novelist, kind of like Louis L'Amour years ago. And he had a, a great way of, of making the Old West come to life. And he wrote a particular story one time about a woman who had a child in a mining camp in California. And the mother died. And she left the baby in the care of the miners there in the mining camp. The miners began taking care of the baby and they realized that the little wooden box that the baby was in was not sufficient enough for the baby. 
So they sent to Sacramento for a new cradle, and they got a rosewood cradle to put the baby in. And they put the baby in the rosewood cradle, and then they recognized the little ragged clothes that the baby were in were not suitable for a baby to wear. So they sent back to Sacramento, and they got clothes suitable for a little baby. And they put the clothes on the, on the little baby, and they put the baby in the new rosewood cradle, and they looked around, and the floors were dirty. So they decided to sweep up the floor and mop the floor and clean it up. And then they looked around and they said, this room is, is yucky. So they whitewashed the walls and they whitewashed the ceilings. There. And then they began to notice that the windows were dirty. So they cleaned all the windows in the house because it had to be adequate for this little baby. And then instead of screaming and carousing around at night, they go, shh, the baby's sleeping. And they begin to be quiet around the baby. And then in the springtime, they decided they wanted to take the baby up to the mine to see where they worked and bring the baby up there to keep an eye. And they got up and they realized how, how dirty and filthy the mine was. So they planted flowers to make it more beautiful for the baby to experience it. And then, and then they, 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 they begin to say, you know, looking at this and, and, and things, and they begin changing their own life. And, and it says that they, they begin to change their dress. They begin to shave. And get this, they even begin to take a bath. <laughs> and the little baby of the, of the mining camp changed the entire camp. That is a great story that illustrates what Jesus can do for your life. Jesus can change your life. He'll come in and clean you up, make you look good in the eyes of God. You may not look any different to the eyes of man. Who cares? As long as we look good in God's eyes. Because listen, listen, the Bible says when you get to heaven, you won't stand in Bruce Worley. You won't stand in Rachel Ellison. You will stand in Christ. And Jesus, God is going to look at you and all He's going to see is the shed blood of Jesus covering your sins. Whew. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But here's the thing. It all started at Bethlehem. He had to come as a tiny babe. God incarnate. God in His flesh. Loved mankind so much he said, how am I going to communicate to him? He said, I know what I'll do. I will become one of them. No, he didn't create someone to do it. He himself came down. And the Holy Spirit caused Mary to become pregnant with the child of God. The very God himself. I know it defies our ability to understand this. Can you imagine this? Stay with me. Can you imagine the God of the universe, the creator of all that exists, 20 inches long, being cradled in the hands of sinful humanity? But he did it. He did it. A way that we may never be able to understand. But by faith, we believe that. And that little baby grew up to be a boy. And that boy grew up to be a man. And he was perfect and he was sinless in every way. But the world rejected him. They didn't recognize him. They weren't looking for him. Or they weren't willing to pay the price. 
And so he went to the cross. And he died for your sins and he died for my sins. And upon that cross, for the very first time, the triune God was disrupted. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit was disrupted. Why? Because God cannot have a relationship with sin. His holiness. I guess you could say that's the one thing God can't do. Because He restricts Himself. I can't have a relationship with sin. And the Bible says that God made Him who had no sin become sin for us so that through Him we might experience the righteousness of God. Not our righteousness, it's the righteousness of God. So what happens is we accept, the, we accept what Jesus Christ did upon the cross for our sins, what God orchestrated from the foundations of the world. He said, this is what I did. When we accept that, we say, God, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe that I'm a sinner. Jesus Christ died for my sins. I accept His payment for my sins. And I choose to follow Jesus the rest of my life. The minute you say that, God takes the righteousness of Christ and covers you with His righteousness. So that no more does God see your sin. Instead, He sees the righteousness of Christ covering you. My head explodes. And here's the thing. He did it because He loves us. He loves us. That's what the Bible says. God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But it began with the Christ of Christmas. The Christ of Christmas became the Christ of Calvary and paid the price for your sins and my sins. My question to you, are you missing Christ this Christmas? Now's the time that you may find him. You won't find him under the tree. You won't find him in some present wrapped or some gift from away. You'll find him in Jesus. And he came to give you life and life to the fullest if you will believe.